0: Welcome to the latest episode of Connected Tech.
1: A podcast where the E and D may or may not stand for Elizabeth
0: and Daryl. Hello Connected Techers. We're back for another great episode. Season two, episode eight. And we have our, show them eight. Eight. And we have our uh, a special guest today. I've never seen this guy before. What is your name? Have you been with us before? I've been here before. Are you sure? Yes, I've been here. Okay. Well, just in case people don't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourself to the many fans that we have out there? Because people think my name is Jake or Jack, so I'm just going to do this. J-A-C. My name is J-A-C-E Chase.
1: The amazing Jace. Uh-huh. the Jace that lives in outer space and
0: they have a handsome face. Oh! He does, doesn't he? Look at that. Wee.
1: And he's a poet and didn't know it. That was nice. Which, do you remember who was our guest on the episode you were on with us before? I'm pretty sure Jasmine never takes me to a water
0: park. Oh. oh, that's right. So she never took you to a water park. We did talk about water parks, didn't we?
1: Jasmine's your mom. Do you remember which episode that was?
0: Season 2, episode
1: 1. Perfect. Season 2, episode 1 with the Edge Tech guys. Edge Tech guys. And what did Daryl play? (laughs) (laughs) The The ukulele. ukulele. (laughs) Nice. Good to remember. You do. You have a ukulele too. Let's get to have you back, Jace.
0: So that was seven episodes ago. Time really does fly, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back.
1: Yeah, we are. I like your shirt. You're matching us. I like your hair. You look quite <laughs> dapper. Thank you. You're welcome. Very handsome.
0: Yeah. So we have Jace here because he's an expert at what? Games. Games, games. Do you like playing games? Yes. Mostly, yes. Mostly, yes? Why do you love playing games? Because when I'm bored and i When I play games, it makes me not bored. Ah, so games are fun. Yes, so when I'm not bored, I play. But when I'm bored, I just sit there and watch
1: TV. Yeah, TV can get boring, but games make everything fun. Yep. I love it. Daryl, Jace brought, what did you, on on the table, I think Jace likes Uno. Uno's on the table. And then he brought some of these little guys out here in the front, if you can see them. They look like dragons, but they go into little balls, and when you throw them on the floor, what happens to them? They transform into an animal. They transform into animals, pretty cool. And you said that's a game you play with your friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kind of a game, yeah. Yeah. But I think me and Daryl are supposed to be playing some kind of game today. Tell us about your games, Daryl. You are a board game freak.
0: My goodness, yes I am. I love board games, (laughs) especially in the classroom. Awesome. They promote many, many types of skills, many skills. Uh, collaboration, like you said, having fun, and we do learn when we play some games, don't we? mm yeah. Yeah, we, we do most games. And Elizabeth did mention UNO, most. pretty pretty standard game. Millions mm. and millions of play, people play UNO. But I brought games here that probably most people have never heard about. I hadn't heard
1: of any of them. No. I was looking, no. I really was intrigued by the name of this one, Point Salad. Point Salad, you know, like
0: yes. Salad, like salad you could eat.
1: Do that's you like to I eat thought.
0: salad? Do you like salad? Mm, kind of. Kind of? I don't like it if it doesn't have orange. If it doesn't have orange?
1: If it doesn't have orange. Ranch. 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, ranch goes, it's great on everything. Ranch. I, I put yes. ranch on my pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw you almost giving that face, like, ooh, that's gross. No, it's great. It tastes good, doesn't it? Yes, I brought point salad, uh, just one, code names, wavelength, and concept. I brought these games. For a specific reason, because I feel like these games are great, especially for the classroom, because teachers are able to transform this game and uh, incorporate their content into it.
1: Right. I used to do this, and I think we have an episode before where we touched on this, but we're going in, we're diving deeper. We're going Into the board game thing today. And um, I used to make this mythology game, like a board game with mythology. It wasn't Monopoly, and I know how much you hate Monopoly. (laughs) It wasn't Monopoly style. I can have
0: a whole episode on why I hate Monopoly.
1: Exactly, but it was really cool, and I printed out the the actual board game itself, and I put it in, it was cheap, I didn't have any money. So I bought picture frames, like 11 by 14,
0: uh-huh. and I printed
1: them out on 11 by 14 paper and stuck them in these picture frames so the frames became the actual board oh, so I could smart. preserve the yeah. paper. And I had like, you know, six different mm-hmm. six different ones of it with all the different cards, and that was fun. I love doing board games in the classroom, but I've never heard of any. Are we gonna play one, or are you gonna teach us one?
0: We are, we have time to play one. Yay! Just, just one, but that's not what we're playing.
1: <laughs> You're like so we can play just one. Just one,
0: but not just one. Not just we're going to play a game called Concept. Concept, oh, yes.
1: okay. And The concept of this show is games, and we have a guest today who's going to be talking to us more about games, and he's kind of an expert.
0: He is. Gamification, right. game-based learning, my Google Innovator mentor. What's his name? Jonathan Spike.
1: Spike. Spikey. Ooh, does that sound familiar to you? Why? Lizard friend. A lizard friend named Spike. Your bearded dragon is named Spike. That's pretty
0: cool. So you named your bearded dragon after our guest? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> wow, did you hear that, Jonathan Spike? Spike. <laughs> Spike, okay. All right, so we're gonna play concept. And concept is like, think of charades, okay, but no acting. No talking. We're going to use symbols.
1: So not charades. Not charades. It's, it's unsure It's uncharades. Okay.
0: Which I believe is a board game actually, but really? this is concept. Okay. <laughs> so a... what we're going to do is we're going to set it up and we're going to play it. We're going to play a little round of concept.
1: I'm excited. Can they see to... us playing this game? I'm just curious because... Yeah.
0: I hope so. We're going to try to we're do some to try to make it movie where magic where they can actually see this game in action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all together. We're all a team. We're
1: all the same team.
0: Everyone's a winner in this game. Okay, like Most games that, that we're familiar with, board games like Monopoly, we're just trying to steal money from each other,
1: right? Right.
0: Or like Risk, we're trying to conquer the world. But there are games out there that you actually have to work together as a team to win. Teamwork makes the? Dreamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work, absolutely. So what we have here, this game is called Concept, and it comes with this lovely board with all these different symbols. Okay. I
1: love the colors in this. It makes me want to play it. It makes me want to learn how to play it. All the stimulation, all the different pictures. So I'm curious. Awesome.
0: This was a 2014 Game of the Year.
1: Wow. Yes. Six years ago.
0: Six years ago. Mm-hmm, indeed. Oldie, but still a goodie. Nice. So uh, the, uh, the goal of the game is to get the t- your, uh, your team to guess the phrase that is on the other side of this card. And you can only use these symbols to help your team guess the phrase. So for example, let's say my, uh, my clue was bumblebee, right? So this is the first token, we place it. So the main concept is it is an, let's see, do you see an animal icon here? It's an animal, right? Okay, so it's an animal, we know that. And I can then use any of these symbols to help you guess that it's a bumblebee. So I can say, well, um, the color is, we'll talk about the color of the bee. Right. So if I say I, I can use one of these symbols here, I can even use one of these cubes. Okay, so the animal. So it's an animal. So we use the same color that matches the the concept. So what can I talk? What can I say about the animal? Well, the animal flies. Is there any symbol here that looks like it's flying? That shows flying anywhere? Do you see anything? Maybe is there like a helicopter? There you go. It flies. Okay. So it's an animal it flies okay then we can go to another we call it a subconcept. we're going to look at colors now um so is there a symbol here that represents colors i guess i could use this one here and what do we know about bees they're yellow and black so i'm going to keep adding uh cubes and, and uh symbols on this board or markers on this board to help you uh guide you into guessing what that word is
1: does it matter which one of the symbols and markers you choose it
0: doesn't but you want to start with this question mark because that's the main concept okay and then you have subconcepts that could relate to the uh to the phrase so you notice how i said well it's an animal that flies but then i i went to a new subconcept on based on color gotcha right okay so that's an easy example i'm gonna show i'm gonna show the uh the viewers other (laughs) the other type of uh phrases on this card. So it's it's divided by uh, easy, uh, medium, and hard, right? And technically, that your team gets more points if you can get your team to guess the harder phrases. Can you look at some of those? Tempting fate. Tempting fate. Wow. They're pretty deep, right?
1: Yeah, because that's not, that's just, it, it truly is a concept. It is. It's not deep. like just a
0: noun. Right. It's very yeah. abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But just by me explaining the rules to you, Elizabeth, can you see how this game could be incorporated into a classroom setting? It's
1: great for inferencing. That's the first thing that came to my mind when I'm thinking my former English teacher days, that was one of the things that was most difficult to get students to really understand is that we're making inferences all the time, but giving them some kind of concrete, in this case, abstract (laughs) way to kind of practice that skill. I can see it really beneficial and then just kind of using things from your own stories or things that you're teaching in class and and using these this exact same board honestly Mm -hmm. could be used for it absolutely
0: and uh, teachers could also if they have vocabulary Mm -hmm. that they're trying to teach or uh, whatever their content so you can you can pretty much modify these cards and add your vocabulary and have your students play this game absolutely right I love it so I thought it would be pretty interesting if um, if I try to, if I came up with an edtech tool, okay, and you would uh, try to guess what that edtech tool is based on, you know, what we have set up here. All right, let's try it. Let's try it. Okay, I'm kind of pulling this one from the air, so. Uh, okay. Okay, ready? Good. Okay. Jace, I wonder if Jace knows these edtech tools. So,
1: <laughs> again, it's
0: like charades. There's no talking, right? I, I can't say anything. Um, so let's just see. Okay, so.
1: Okay, so do I start talking? Sure. I'm guessing. Yeah. So it looks like a film strip, something to do with videos or movies. My first EdTech tool that I would think of would have to do with uh, like WeVideo, but um, that may be too obvious. And it says green, so it's video and it's green is the color, so I'm going to say Flipgrid.
0: Flipgrid. All
1: right. Nice. So it's pretty easy, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, but uh, if I wanted to keep going, what other symbols could we have used for Flipgrid? I was thinking of global, is there anything global? So I could have gone here, it's global.
1: You could also do this because they do have the emoji thing incorporated with it. Mm -hmm. Nice, I love this game, Daryl. Concept. This is really good, Mm -hmm. it makes me want to go buy it. How much does it cost?
0: This game, uh, I think it's on Amazon for like 30 bucks maybe? I I could be wrong, but it's a great game. I mean, it's challenging, it's quite the the brain buster, yeah.
1: Lots of critical thinking going on, and I feel like uh, for the price, and the different things you can do with it. That's the the appeal to me. It's not one set of rules for this game, and I think that's what uh, Jonathan Spike, our guest, will really dive into as well, is like all the different things you can do with games, they don't have to be just from the rules that come with the game in the box. Right. Nice, okay, very good, Daryl. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, uh, we are gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with our guest, Jonathan Spike. Stay tuned. You can find all things related to the Connected Tech Podcast by visiting our website, FlippinGoodTech.com. And while you're there, make sure to click on all the tabs for a closer look at who we are and why we're passionate about everything we do.
0: And most importantly, be sure to follow us at Flippin good Tech on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel for quick access to all the latest podcast episodes, Connected Tech promos, and Flipped in 5 Tech Tips.
1: And we're back with Season 2, Episode 8 of the Connected Tech Podcast. And as promised, we have a really fun guest today. He's kind of funny, Daryl.
0: Kind of funny. He's really sure. funny.
1: Yeah. When we were talking to him earlier, I was like, wow, I thought this guy was going to be a total dud. But he surprised me. <laughs> Pleasantly surprised, I have to say. And he's got a kind of a really difficult name to pronounce, and we're not good with that. No, no. No. Who, who is this guy?
0: Actually, it's not too difficult. The coolest name out there. His name is Jonathan Spike from Wisconsin.
1: Wisconsin.
0: Yes, he is a tech coordinator at the University of Wisconsin, and he's a professional, all things gamification and game-based learning. Say hello to our viewers, Jonathan Spike. Tell us what you're all about.
2: Yeah. Hey. Uh, as uh, Daryl astutely pronounced, uh, my name is John Spike, and yeah, I'm a I'm a coordinator of instructional technology integration services, or uh, COITIS is the uh, acronym for that. Which is <laughs> interesting. Red for
1: president, John
2: Spike. Yeah. Not um. It. On on that <laughs> ticket with that, I think as my my slogan, I think would be really apropos. So Spike 2020, um, and have my my title's acronym. I think. Uh, I think that's a winning bid.
0: Awesome. So what do, you do with, what do you do in that role? And what else do you do? You, you're just not the tech coordinator there. You also teach a class as well.
2: Yeah. So my main role is working with the instructional staff and then also the pre-service teachers in the program to kind of get them prepared to use technology and then, you know, just use best practices with technology integration. And then, yeah, I do get to teach. So I teach uh, in the fall a digital tools course with pre-service librarians mostly. And then I get to teach a course called Video Games and Learning, which is basically my dream come true as a child. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty, pretty sweet gig. I love it.
1: I, mean, I want to know how he got that gig.
2: Yeah, really. <laughs>
1: yeah, it sounds really good. Jeez. Are you hiring?
2: <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I proved my nerdiness. Uh, I leveled up enough uh, to prove them that I was worthy enough to to teach video games and learning. No, I actually, I, um, a, an instructor was already teaching it, and she kind of brought on two of us to join her, and we actually, three, the three of us taught it, and then she kind of handed it off to me and my current co-teacher. Um, I do more of the video games and learning side, how you can design learning games or use games in teaching, and he does a lot of gaming and diversity, so talking about the issues of, of race, gender, sexuality in gaming, uh, and how that ties Ooh. into the the industry. It's really fascinating. It's so
0: specific, Yeah. yeah.
2: Because before, before you worked in the university, you were
0: also a, a high school teacher, am I correct?
2: Yeah, I was a high school English teacher, and then um, after that, I was a K-12 tech coach. So those kind of previous experiences gave me a really good kind of background and a base to go into uh, the pre-service teaching at the university level and, and really work with them to kind of get future teachers ready for it so they're not kind of after the fact learning the, you know, the practices of good tech integration.
1: Finally, I guess right? an English teacher <laughs> like me, almost every single guest we've had has been a science background and Daryl science, but I'm an English person. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: but okay. someone working in the university level as well. Yeah, you know, we haven't had any guests uh, who worked at the university level, especially doing uh, digital integration there. Awesome. So we have you here because we knew you were a master. You, you, you pretty know pretty well what gamification is all about and game based learning. You're also a Google Innovator, and you have a project called Gamestorm Edu, where you help teachers integrate gaming or cr- design board games in the classroom. So, you want to talk about your journey getting into Gamestorm Edu, what you did in your classroom, what what you do now with that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, this all kind of started uh, as I was as I was uh, applying for kind of the Google Innovator Academy in um, L.A. Uh, I. I really kind of, I, I had applied I think a couple times before and struck out and I realized I wasn't really, I was like pitching these things I thought they would accept instead of pitching things that were like really a passion of mine. And so I just stripped away and I said, what is it all altogether like what is it that I, I'm really passionate about? And it's, it's games and learning as you've heard about video games and learning. So my initial pitch was how do I help teachers like find games to use in their classroom or make ones? And it started with video games, but then when I got out to the academy, and I talked with the other people there, and one of the cool things about the academy is you just get to bounce your ideas off of tons of just really passionate people. And they said to me, "You know, John, your, your passion—it sounds like more. It's like board and card games, and and, and helping people make them rather than finding ones. And, and really talking to people made me realize that was what I was passionate about. And they also pointed out very simply, like, John, your suitcase was full of board and card games. Like, it feels like this is your, you know, your passion. And I go, oh, that's a really good point. So it morphed into more how do we help students and teachers make a powerful game about, you know, demonstrating their understanding. And so I really have just kind of built the site out of what do you need to kind of develop that process. And it can be that you make a fully fleshed out game, physical game, digital game, or it can be that you do an aspect of it to kind of show your understanding of a concept, whether it's making a, a character or an organism or a, you know, historical figures game card in a certain gaming universe or, Um, You develop, you know, what it would look like if this, you know, this event or this thing was a currency in a game or or things like that. So you kind of talk about, you know, working in the gaming principles to demonstrate skills, concepts, how systems work together, I would say in a nutshell. And it's fun to see what students and educators make. Uh, Their end products are really fascinating.
0: That's pretty cool. You're looking at the design thinking aspect, and incorporating engaging things. So I'm going to take it a little step back uh, because you, we have words or buzzwords like gamification or game-based learning that gets thrown out there. Can you kind of explain to, to us and the viewers, is there a difference between the two, gamification versus game-based learning? And basically everything you talked about, is that gamification or is that game-based learning or is it a mix of both?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Uh, the easiest way I've I've had it explained to me and I, I try to explain it to um, and there's there's tons of great people out there to 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 learn about you know each setup, but gamification would be adding gameful elements, role-playing elements, you know, things like that, experience points to your overall class and kind of turning your class into almost a an experience or a game, kind of like a Dungeons and Dragons, you know, aspect to it. Uh, and then game-based learning is more Taking the art of games, like inserting games throughout your um, your class, using games strategically to teach concepts, having your students make a game, um, would be game-based learning. And you can do both together. You know, you could have a gamified class where students really feel like the whole class is this game world. You know, where their characters leveling up and 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 achieving milestones and and pursuing side quests. Well, playing serious games, you know, while making games, whatever it might be. Uh, so the two don't have to be separate, but they, they kind of embody different things in, in education. So hopefully that that description helps a little bit.
1: Yes. yes. Can you give us some examples of some of the games you've made or some of your students have made and what they use as their model or template?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I always like to start, when working with educators or students, I like them to, to start with, you know, usually, remixing a game so a remix it, it kind of in my definition and, and definitions of other people of game jammed is just taking an existing game and, and tweaking the rules of it you know and, and playing with the rules to see how that would affect the game world so um, i usually start with tic-tac-toe checkers and chess like that's kind of my differentiation okay. and challenge them to tweak the mechanics the rules you know how the game functions and see how that would change you know how that game Work. So it's really fun, first of all, to see them kind of riff on that. And then we talk about a reskin. So keep the game the same, but lay a theme over the top of it, right? The most famous example, Monopoly. You know, there's 50 million Monopolies out That's there. That's Daryl's
1: right? favorite game.
2: No, no. <laughs> I, I have a feeling a rant is, is about to oh, launch no, here. No.
0: We were going to have the game Monopoly on this table, but I was like, mm, no. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, that could be a whole another podcast the the issues with Monopoly. But anyways, um, yeah, that's a game that's very popular reskin. So we talk about like if you laid a theme over a game, how would that theme fit the game? How would you maybe need to remix it? And from there, then you know some games that, that students have made that have been really fun. Uh, one of my favorites is um, a, a a teacher named Paul Darvasi, fantastic uh, educator up in the Toronto area. Um, one of his students took Magic the Gathering and reskinned it. For Henry IV, oh. uh, and, and like literally made all of these cards, characters, events, you know, places from that play, and made it into a fully functional deck from Magic the Gathering, and you need to fully understand that play to really right. translate those cards into right. what would this character be able to do, what, you know, what effect would this card have on the world, you know, how would this card impact you positively, negatively, your opponent, uh, it was just breathtaking, you know, the work he put in. And that was just him translating that world, that system into the game world and, and translating the language of that, which is such a higher order it thing is. to do. It is. So that's one of my favorite examples. Uh, ones that I've made, I've mainly kind of taken and reskinned or remixed games. Um, I think one of my favorites, it was so simple, but it's, it's one of my favorite g- party games. It's called Balderdash, where you, um, you try to make up, um, there's, there's this question that's asked, it has a really obscure answer, and then you would make up a fake answer and try to guess the real answer. Mm. Uh, and so I reskinned that with um, the kind of the, the advent of, you know, fake news and identifying false information. And so the challenge was: there's these different topics like tweets, um, headlines, you know, um, you know, hoaxes and things like that. And there's the real tweet or headline or hoax. And then everybody makes a fake one and you have to discern, kind of infer and figure out if you can decide which of the other players made up the fake headlines, the fake news, which is the real news. And the idea is a teachable moment about how easily you can be fooled by something that's thrown out by anybody. Uh, So that one was just a fun way to kind of get people understanding just how easy it is to fall for, you know, these sensationalist headlines and things like that. So that's a fun one to play, but it also is teachable too. Um, So I think it's a good blend of um, you know the, the you know using kind of contemporary issues, skills, strategies um, to kind of teach concepts. So those are just two that come to mind.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. That's when you're when you're turning your content into a board game. Sometimes you're in a way kind of tricking your students into learning because they don't realize <laughs> they're actually learning content when they're concentrating more on winning the game or playing the game. So, like you said, like once we once the teachers make it, then we can get our students to start creating games then we're getting to the higher level thinking and you really have to understand the content to create something like that. Yeah. I see your board game collection behind you.
2: Yes. Uh, am I pointing the right way? Yeah. I am. Yeah. there yeah. we go. Yeah. What's right your, back. What's babe? your
0: current favorite board game right uh, now? I, I That's just, a hard. hard question, I, huh?
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I'm obsessed with it. Just, I actually just uh, went to a conference um IdeaCon in Illinois, which is a fantastic conference. Uh, just really, really came away blown away by it. Uh, but we played this game, and this has been my favorite for a while. Um, I kind of use it on, on my podcast a little bit, but it's called Silicon Valley Startups, and okay. I just love I it. Think I know that one. It's okay. it's so great. It's a great party game. Um, I'll get a shout out to Mandy Fralick, who introduced it to me. She's she's a fantastic educator. Um, wrote a book called Divergent Edu. Um, free plug for you, Mandy. Thank you. Uh, but she, <laughs> she she sent me she played this game, and she immediately sent me a message. And she said, "Oh my gosh, John, you have to get this. You'd love it." And so the premise is you're all pitching a, a startup company and one person is like the investor and you rotate each round who's the investor and who are the pitchers. And you get cards that tell you your industry, um, they tell you your target audience, and they also give you like the parameters for your name, the name of your company. And so you kind of get elicit feedback for the name of your company and then you choose your industry and your target audience and you pitch to the investor, each person. But then the investor draws a card and tells you, Hey, how are you going to address this hot trend in the tech world and throws out this topic and you have to adjust your pitch to meet this hot topic and so it's basically take like um, you know take take apples to apples cards against humanity mm-hmm. and just add a little bit of improv to it right and it it is just so fun like i've wept openly. Every time I played it, it is such a great game. So that's probably that my one. current obsession. Silicon Valley startups, it's so fantastic.
1: Yeah, Gosh, I, I see that one being so relevant yeah. with where we're going with with students now. You know, having them taking more ownership over their, um, their learning and also the entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of just giving them some exposure to that. I'm definitely going to buy that one and check it out. I love that idea. Um, I have a question for you, too, regarding um, – going back to students making games. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen them deviate a little bit where they're like, okay, I made a board game, the standard typical looking board game. But have you seen them take it up a notch where they've incorporated technology into creating some of these games? Or have you seen some examples out there of them, <laughs> them making them go digital?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question uh, because it, it's it's fun, you know, kind of returning to, you know, I come from the tech world, but at the end of the day, we just try to, you know, we, when we have a conversation and, and when I when I talk with instructors, students, um, you know, colleagues, whatever it might be, you know, we don't start with the tech, right? We don't go, okay, how are we going to infuse tech? We talk about the goals and go from there. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the game storming has really been a, a return to low tech or no tech. You know, it's mm-hmm. fun to make without the tech. But at the same time, the students also, we give them low tech, you know, no tech and high tech, you know, tools to make it. And so it's fun to see what students do, whether they in their game, you know, to make some randomization, whether they create digital spinners or they make like a, you know, CYOA, um, you know, option path, you know, that branches out in a, in a Google slide deck, um, or they want to add like a, a back channel to their game where, you know, people can talk about their plans or their plots if they're doing like secret roles. Uh, it's fun to see them work in, you know, technology into the creation as well. Uh, as they're building it. So I have seen a little bit of that, or even them just, you know, using um, their technology to add a little bit of randomization uh, to their creations. But surprisingly enough, they love to go low tech uh, when they're making their game. They want it to be something they can just take and and pop open at any point and and, and play it, you know, kind of anywhere. So there's almost been a return back to that, you know, I don't want to say the glory days, but, uh, you know, the the golden age of 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 games being more you know card board physical, uh, right. but they still have some fun high tech ways to add a little bit of element of of you know surprise or or or, or just a little bit of advanced features. Um, so yeah, those are I guess some of the ways that they've added tech, but they actually they love the the physicality of it.
1: I'm really glad you yeah. you mentioned that, and I know Daryl can he probably has some follow-up questions or responses to that as well, but I'm glad you mentioned it that way because what you just showed us was that they are choosing the students were choosing the technology for a specific purpose Mm -hmm. to achieve a purpose. They weren't just using technology just for the sake of using it. They had a purpose in mind for using it to make their planning or the organization better or, or whatever it was. So I think that's something to always remember. It doesn't have to be technology, but using it for a specific reason.
0: Right. Yeah, because yeah. board, you know, board games in general, they, there's a surge. Since like what, 2012, 2013, more and more people are invested in it. It has to do with the uh, just feeling the pieces and mm-hmm. the community aspect, and mm-hmm. which is great, you know, great for families at home, sit, yeah. you know, always playing video games. Well, now let's go sit around a table, let's have conversations, playing Bring a board people game. Together. But like you talked about that Silicon Valley one, Incorporating improv and role play, it's a different type of board game. It's mm-hmm. so
2: that's awesome. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I one, one example kind of of that in action is I worked with another great e- educator, um, uh, Dr. Micah Shippy. He he teaches social studies, um, and you might he he just released a book called Ready. Uh, well, he has a group called Ready Learner One, and they they released a book called Reality Bites, uh, and. He had his students, they, they had the option of making a game about World War I, kind of taking some of the skills, concepts, topics um, that they covered. And um, I talked with this class a little bit about how to kind of game storm. And it was really interesting to see. He gave them so many options. They could do Bloxels. They could do kind of like a draw their video game. Um, they could, you know, make it on these digital platforms, or they could kind of make more of a physical board game. And so many of them, he said, made board and card mm-hmm. games. Uh, they really gravitated towards that. Uh, as a medium and the same thing happened for me Uh, I I had a high school board game and and video game club and I thought everybody'd come with their consoles their handhelds and play those but one student would kind of come and play the games uh, his video games but everybody else would gather around grab a new game explain it and we'd all you know kind of you know break out and play different board and card games they loved that return back to the board and card games Uh, so just two examples of of kind of that return back to um, the physical, like you said, that tactile and, and just something about um, the mystique of, of that communal game.
1: How did you get the name? Uh, your The name of the website that you have is GameStorm, EDU. So I understand the game and I understand the EDU. Tell me why you threw Storm in the middle of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it came from... I was trying to get down to the essence. I also like plays on words too. I just want to, I'm a big pun guy. Uh, (laughs) Probably my favorite unit uh, as an English teacher was when we talk about Shakespeare, I teach Romeo and Juliet and we'd have a pun off in my class. Uh, So this is near and dear to my heart. And I I make my wife, my poor wife has to listen to all my puns. But anyways, um, we, we, we do like a whole class on just puns and like how Shakespeare made incredible puns and the students would make puns. It was just, it was just blast. anyways, (laughs) <laughs> um i wanted something that was a play on words you know if i was gonna you know turn this project into something i wanted to pitch and so I, I tried to get down the essence of what i wanted this to be and i was you know bouncing all these game things and i i really thought like the idea is that they brainstorm a game right they are originally you know developing a game and i wanted it so much about that genesis of this is your game that you have made whether you're an educator student you know anybody and so i liked brainstorm and it You know, just swapping out the brain for game seemed like the next logical step. So it became a game storm. We're game storming. There is, uh, I think a lady uh, came up, I hope I don't get sued, but she came up with a a book called Game Storming, and it's aimed at businesses who are trying to, like, ideate. Um, And so I threw the EDU on, you know, just as a a more of an industry cop. Let's just call it copycat. You know, (laughs) copycatting off everybody throwing EDU on things, right? Breakout EDU or you know, all the EDU versions of things. So I just wanted to say like, yeah, mine's a GameStorm too, but EDU, like it's aimed at really giving students and educators the tools to do it. Now you could do it with anybody, but, um, you know, that's, that was kind of where the name came from was Brainstorm. We're doing a GameStorm. We're really trying to um, come up with a, an original game that, that you could utilize to really teach somebody something.
1: So, John, you have a podcast, and I'm intrigued about the podcast because of the title of it. Because Daryl and I like to laugh.
0: You we are do. the king of puns.
1: I like to laugh at Daryl mostly, but.
0: So you're laughing at me? You're never laughing no, with me? No,
1: no, never. I love you, Daryl. This
2: is a beautiful moment that's happening right now. I don't even wanna. I don't She's wanna laugh. She's just doing it in
0: front of the camera.
1: All captured. For the camera. All captured. <laughs>
2: Uh yeah I I have a la uh, I have a a podcast called laugh at or laughed or lagoft or La-goffed. however you want to say it I don't I don't even know how it's to the say English it English language you know the G H yeah. is a, f- it a it was zero laughs
1: at laughed. it. Yeah.
2: it's actually a really bad title because what, if you search laugh or laughed on podcasts like all the comedian podcasts come up before mine so nobody can find mine uh which <laughs> I mean is okay I don't think anybody's looking for it but yeah it's called It's called Laugh Ed Podcast, and I basically just interview teachers and, you know, current, former, what have you, and just ask them to tell stories about either their time in the classroom, their time as students, and we just kind of chuckle about it. And then uh, I have them at the end. uh, I I actually, you know, referring back, call back to our Silicon Valley startups. I took that game concept and just turned it into um, kind of a, a teacher improv game where I give them like a scenario, like target students, they pick a subject. Um, I give them like a hilarious, you know, set of supplies. And then they teach a lesson on the fly and I throw them a teaching curveball. Those are easily, I don't know about the viewers, but I, I love it. It's, it's just hilarious to see what people come up with on the spot. Uh, And and so it's just really fun. I do like gag, like commercials in the middle of it that are just nonsensical. Um, So it's just, I just have a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's kind of a side project. And um, if you're looking for it weekly, it doesn't come out weekly. <laughs> it just comes out whenever I feel like it. So it's like the worst. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm making zero dollars and zero cents on it because I have no schedule and, and no promotion. Uh, it's, it's fun. Mainly I'm, so, I'm still waiting for episode 15 yeah yeah I've, I've recorded like seven and <laughs> i'm just like i'm gonna make a season two when i get enough but turns out you have to record people to have you know seasons yeah. so i'm working on that
0: because <laughs> yeah, on your site you even have people who, who visit your site to uh, recommend some scenarios i think i recommended one but i forgot what i said
2: yeah, I, I put surprised. that, actually, it's in the rotation, one of your suggestions. So the other fun thing is, yeah, I have people for the teacher improv theater at the end. They can make card suggestions, you know, um, which other people have done, like Cards Against Humanity had like a user contest. I love that idea. So um, in some of the newer episodes, actually, um, I give a shout out to the creator of the card. I don't know if we pulled one of your cards yet. I know you've made one, Daryl. I forgot but. what I, I had put down. It was like
0: um, you're doing a lesson for, for – uh... From mimes or something and one of your supplies was like a bathtub of glitter
2: yes i think i think i, think that, I added the, the bathtub of glitter okay. into the deck yeah <laughs> spoiler, <laughs> alert. Um, spoiler alert spoiler <laughs> alert yeah but i love that I, I i had fun coming up with the cards but i'm realizing some were good and some weren't you know they i was like this is funny to me and then a person would draw it and be like what do i oh gosh what do i do with this so i've been taking audience feedback on the cards and it's just it's, it's been fairly really, really fun.
1: So if somebody wanted to submit a card to you, a suggestion for for this, how would they do it? And how do you choose your teachers that are actually on your podcast?
2: That's a a great question. So if you go to shameless promotion, uh, laughedpodcast.com or laughedpodcast.com or laugoffedpodcast.com, if you go to that website, uh, there's a few tabs. There's a, um, you know, apply to be on the show. So I take just cold requests uh you know in a in a short form where you just kind of tell me a couple you know really quick like what stories you're thinking of telling uh and then uh on the last page there's also uh, the teacher improv feeder submit a card idea for that so you can actually see the cards and you can actually spin i made i think i put like a wheel on there you can spin and like see the scenarios and play the game yourself without listening to the podcast um yeah actually um Uh, who is it? Trisha Fugelstad, who does phenomenal art ed work. She told me (laughs) she was uh, on the show, like fourth or fifth guest. And she said in one of her sessions, they just pulled up the site and like used it as inspiration for like a quick, like creative idea brainstorm. They played like the the teacher (laughs) improv theater. And I'm like, I didn't know anybody went to the website. So this (laughs) is great news. But yeah, if you want to submit a card, you can, if you want to apply to be on the show, you can. Um, I need to have both of you on, you know, stat. I think it'd be a blast. Ah,
1: yeah. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> yes. Like This sounds like so much fun. Right up our alley. You're talking about nonsensical earlier. I'm like, Daryl's the person for nonsensical.
2: Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's tons of podcasts out there where you actually learn something, you know, in the education world. I promise every listener, you will learn nothing. Okay. I just <laughs> want to get ahead of this. This will not benefit you except that's like, I true. hope it brings you joy, you know? So that's, that's one that. thing. But some people make like an incredible like lesson out of this just absurd yeah. stuff too. So somebody's like, I might try this lesson. I'm like, don't get a dump truck full of Legos and pour it through your classroom window. That is not <laughs> best practice. But <laughs> Ooh, How fun would that be though? Yes, <laughs> I have thought about it. Um, I Ooh, looked into pricings. Yeah.
0: It's expensive.
2: I just wanted to get out of the story. Get off-brand Legos if you do it. <laughs> off 3D printed Legos. Yes, Legos are go. not
1: cheap, man.
2: Yeah, there's. It's a racket, you know. And, so,
1: it, and 3D printers aren't cheap either. No, they're not. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah <so laughs> Eventually, it's, it's
1: maybe hard. a 3D printer will be the size of this mouse. They have those. Oh, they do. I just got know. But then they print things that are like microscopic. There you go. It's
0: well, we're heading towards the end of the uh, a lot of time with this, with Jonathan Spike here. Um, can you tell us, before you go, before we go, before you go, who are some people that you follow out there in Twitter land?
2: Yeah, it, there's so many. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to narrow down, but just uh, to reiterate some of the people maybe I brought up during the show in case you missed it, um, people like Jamie Donnelly, for if you're interested in VR and AR. You mentioned Steve Dembo uh, is phenomenal. I think he's Teach42. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah Shippey, uh, is a phenomenal educator. It, it, he's been great to collaborate with and he's, he's just got a, a great, um, he's just got a, a great collection of ideas. Uh, I'll also just plug, uh, in addition to him, his, his whole, uh, Ready Learner One team I've learned a lot from. So, um, I know Jesse Lubinsky's on his team. Christine Lyon Bailey, uh, is on his team as well. I know I'm going to miss people on there. I think he's also got uh, a number of different educators on that Ready Learner One uh, organization but they're all just great if you're looking for innovative ideas um you know and then if you if you start going down the rabbit hole there like uh you know you start talking about jesse lubinski you get the partial credit podcast those guys are hilarious and have good ideas it's like take my podcast and then make it practical you know uh would be the way i'd describe that this is a great way to make sure have them on
0: here then yeah <laughs> you should
2: we should just do a three well, podcast forget, forget like jam podcast. <laughs> yeah, i'm just kidding we could just
1: combine forces. There you go. Yeah. I That's love awesome. it. I love
2: it. Um, That's great. I think I brought up a uh, Mandy Fralick uh is phenomenal who gave me a you know, suggested Silicon Valley startups. I know I'm missing people, but um those yeah, are just a bunch of people.
1: Flipping good tech.
2: They'll still be your friend. Okay. Oh yeah, flipping good tech. I've heard great things. Uh don't listen to it personally, <laughs> yeah. but no, I'm just, just kidding. Maybe not this my cup episode. of tea, but you know, I'm just <laughs> totally kidding. Um no, you, you guys are, are phenomenal. Um it's been fun. Daryl, you know, I I personally getting to work with you and bouncing ideas off each other for, for innovator projects has been a blast. So um, yeah, I I just tip my cap to all the educators out there sharing their ideas on Twitter, the ones podcasting and bringing people on to talk about what they're doing. Uh, It's just, it's, it's a really fun community. And uh, I think these podcasts serve to maybe bring people into the fold who don't know there's this like secret online hangout that's happening constantly where we just nerd out about games, VR, teaching, whatever it might be. Well, there you go. And one last plug for you. How do we follow you
0: and (laughs) what's your website?
2: Sure. Yeah. I just acquired uh, the Twitter handle at Jonathan Spike. Uh, It's way easier than my old Twitter handle, which was like underscore. It looked like I was trying to make a secure password with my old (laughs) Twitter handle or something, but yeah, just at Jonathan Spike. It's funny because I like mainly go by John, but every variation of John and Spike was taken. So at Jonathan Spike, but you can call me Spike or John in real life. But then um, I've got uh, the gamestormedu.com is the website about students and educators making games. And then uh, as we talked about before, laughedpodcast.com is where you could um, apply to be on the podcast, listen to the podcast, submit ideas for the teacher improv theater. Uh, portion of the show uh, it's a lot of different wild uh, options out there for you
1: yeah and if you're going to ISTE if ISTE happens then make sure you check out your session on virtual reality with a little immersive experience and possible game gaming undertones
2: yeah I'm actually doing it with uh, Micah Shippy that I mentioned nice. earlier yeah. and I think it's called VR teamwork makes the dream work uh <laughs> collaborative oculus quest activities um for you know for for you know, groups of learners. So it's great if you awesome. want to do hands-on group VR, uh, we, we're going to give you some practical ways to do it and fun ways to do it and ways to do it that are, are, you know, subject neutral and topic neutral.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Jonathan
1: Spike at Jonathan Spike for joining joining us today and that's gonna do it for season two episode eight thanks for joining us and we will see you next time on the flipping Flipping good side of of the
0: that was great